It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by William Brad Alice. Hello, William. How you doing, dude? So funny story, Mike. Um, even though I haven't been on in, in, in a little bit, uh, got a phone call over the weekend from a uh, high school buddy of mine um, uh-huh. uh, whose sister actually played softball for the U of A back in the uh, early 90s. And he was like, I don't know who that Mike Luke guy is, but you guys have a great show. It's, it's cool seeing you back on the radio or whatever, the internet again. So I thought... Uh, he found you by accident. wasn't from one of my posts, and uh, but he enjoyed the show. But always nice uh, from Seattle, Washington, as well. So All right, there you go. I was going to say we're going national around here. We're going national. You know, Washington goes to the Big uh, Ten, and Washington uh, people living in Seattle come to the new Big Twelve Network or whatever we're calling it. Okay, so Brad, a lot's gone down since we've uh, since we last talked. Obviously, Arizona in the Big or Arizona has moved on to the Big Twelve. Um, I think this uh, was essentially necessitated by a bunch of missteps uh, throughout the years by the Pac-12. But what is William Brad Alice's opinion on this move now? And I think it sucks that the Pac-12 is done. Uh, the Pac-12 is a, is a relevant conference, but it was the move that had to be made. Um, you know, I've actually in the last uh, about 48 hours, maybe 72 hours, heard an interesting rumor that maybe a certain president of a certain school about an hour and a half away may have inadvertently caused the demise by turning down some TV money that was uh, presented. So I don't know if you've heard that one, too, but that may be a story that comes out uh, uh, eventually as well. But the, basically from the Larry Scott era. And missteps all the way around and some bad luck as well. You know, the advent of streaming, uh, making it easier for West Coast kids to leave and their parents can still be able to see every game. Um, Just a downward cycle in talent on the West Coast. Not necessarily L.A., but, you know, Seattle isn't cranking out 10 NBA players a year anymore. It's down to two or three. Phoenix hasn't been quite as good. Now it's back, but it hurt the Pac-12 as a whole. So you had less eyes on a product, and then when – uh, you had a poorly run conference, let's be honest, you know, between Larry Scott being more interested in playing in China than playing on direct TV. And, you know, I don't know whether Klaviakov is bad or good, but he has not been able to do anything with the hand dealt to him. Let's put it that way. Um, that, you know, Arizona's in the Big 12. And from a tradition standpoint, it sucks. From a, you know, being able to hop in the car and drive to L.A. standpoint, it sucks. From the fact that I've never seen Arizona play football against eight of these teams or six of these teams is really kind of cool. Because, you know, as much as, again, you and I both like Oregon State fans, 
I'm not going to be real upset not seeing an Oregon State football game or an Oregon State basketball game against Arizona. I'm not going to be real upset not to see Arizona playing in Pullman. Um, now, give me a give me a decade, and I may say the same thing about Ames, Iowa. But uh, at least I got family within driving distance of Ames, Iowa. All right, so we, uh, we uh, we've got a lot to talk about here. Let's talk about first the uh, let's first talk about the uh, Pac twelve or the Big Twelve with football with how it um, with how it goes. First thing we have to do is let's talk about. With uh, University of Arizona, I think the Arizona in the Big 12 is all kinds of fun, to be honest with you. Now, again, Pac-12 is a, was a good football conference, probably going to have its best season, uh, you know, in its last year. But I think there's a lot to like about it, though, Brad. Um, there's a lot of good teams. Oklahoma State, uh, Baylor, TCU obviously was in the national title game. There's a lot of different stuff there. There's a lot of different stuff involved here that I think uh, Arizona fans can be excited about. Yeah, I think – and, and I think B-Cat has right, parody. Um, if you look at it, there is no blue blood in this conference. Right. Uh, there's no Oklahoma. There's no Texas. There's no or uh, well, I'm going to say or, but Washington or, or USC. Um, but what you have is you have upwards of 14, 15 teams that have shown in the last decade that they can be at worst, a top 10 type team. And that includes Arizona, right. uh, who played the Fiesta Bowl. Now we're getting to be about a decade ago. But if you look at it, you know, Oklahoma State may be the most consistent football product there, but they may not have had the highs. I think I read something. Baylor's been in the top 10 under three different coaches in the last decade. Right. Uh, obviously, what TCU has done now, as much as I like Sonny Dykes, can he sustain it there? Um, you know, Kansas State has been very good uh, for a while now. Uh, you've seen what Cincinnati did, granted new coach there. So we'll see if they can do it. UCF has a claim to a mythical or not so mythical national title. Uh, and I'm sure I'm missing, uh, you know, several, several teams. Um, even in, in the Pac-12, Utah now gets out of the shadow of some of these teams. Um, but there's also no one who's proved that they can do it with multiple coaches over multiple years. Again, as good as Baylor's been in these, these pockets, they haven't done it for four or five straight years. Right. Um, so I, I think you're going to see you're going to see different teams rising up and having it. I don't think what you're going to have is you're not going to have a really good Arizona team, uh, you know, who can win 10 games or a really good Kansas team who can win 10 games and run into USP. They might run into an equally good Oklahoma State team, but at least it's not going to be, you know, our fan base. We finally have all the pieces in place. We're finally – and we're still not going to win a league because of, you know, that team's not playing five stuff. Right. So I think it's going to be a very fun, wide-open league. Um, my guess is when the smoke clears, Arizona's records will be about the same. They'll probably be a seven or eight, at best, a seven, eight-win program. But we may say that about almost every team in this league as opposed to, you know, if USC wins nine, it's a bad year. Well, even Oklahoma State, even TCU, they win nine. That's still a pretty good year for those schools. Well, and you look at it, TCU in the last 20 years has had um, – I was sh shocked by this. In the last 20 years, TCU has finished in the top 10 eight times. That's uh, that's some pretty remarkable stuff. Baylor's had three top 12 finishes in the last uh, 12 years. By the way, we got uh, some misinformation here from Keck. Um, the, reason that, the reason that the conference fell apart was for people like – was because, in my opinion, people like Michael Crow. Um, Michael Crow does not care about sports. 
And uh, Michael Crow was the one that rubber stamped Larry Scott from day one. Uh, didn't really hold him accountable for anything. And when you watch Michael Crow, he has been very honest that he thinks that ASU, which has subpar facilities, has been more than good enough uh, to win with. And I think that's uh, that's why we're here right now. And again, uh, you know, it, it starts with Larry Scott. It, 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 it that that's who killed the league. Um, and again, even Larry Scott may again again. I'm hearing rumors that Larry Scott may have brought a possible TV deal to the Pac-12, but it would have required burning some bridges with other media partners and crow was among the very few who didn't want to do that again right. i don't know if that's 100 percent true uh mike your sources are, are may even be better than mine although i th- i know i'm getting it from a guy who's getting it from someone you're getting it from um but the fact is if you really want to look at it one t- public enemy number one is is larry scott public enemy number two is probably usc and ucla and then you can assign blame yes Arizona put a nail in the coffin. There's no doubt about it. But unfortunately, it was either put a nail in the Pac-12's coffin or possibly put a nail in Arizona as a relevant Big Five, Power Five conference, football and basketball, well, football program, certainly. And, you know, it's one of those things, too. I was told from I was told from pretty early on that there was going to be uh, the what what transpired is what occurred is that there wasn't going to be enough money. And the linear option was uh, it, it's not feasible in this day and age to go 100 percent streaming in this day and age. And uh, um, if we could uh, if we could hear that qu- clip from uh, uh, President Robbins, that would be fantastic there, Jacob. I think he's uh, very engaging. Uh very aggressive as a heart surgeon. I like that. He uh, he is um, he has he has a set of goals he wants to achieve, and you know the uh, he does it in consultation, as I understand from my friends in the Big Twelve with the presidents and chancellors in consultation with them, uh, and uh, collectively they've got a vision for what they want to see the big 12 evolve to. Um, and I, I like that aggressiveness and, uh, and, you know, just in the times that I've talked to him, we've had very positive conversations. So I'm looking forward to his leadership. All right. And that was obviously about Brett Yormark. Why don't we hop right into Brett Yormark right now? Uh, Brett Yormark is a dude that gets things done. You look at the Big 12, um, a lot of people thought that the Big 12 was going to collapse. Not only is it not collapsed, he has made it into a conference that is, uh, let's be honest here, it's the third best conference going right now. Um, it's got the most stability. It's got uh, it's definitely the best basketball conference. And you got to give a lot of credit to the dude right there because, again, a lot of people thought that this was over. Yeah, and I think he's trying to get out in front of some things. And whether it works or not, I don't know. Um, but he is trying to put a stamp on college basketball that the ACC had um, in, in the 90s and early 2000s, and maybe even the Big East had uh, back in back when Mike was still in diapers. Um, but the fact is, we have an ever-changing media landscape, and football will always be king. Although I could see these moves hurting football a bit; it'll still never, you know, be totally hurt. And I think when the smoke clears 20, 10, 15 years from now, we may see two or three conferences with subdivisions that it's going to look more like what we had right. a couple of years ago, um, you know, where the big 10 West is really the pac 10. Um, but that being said, college basketball still has some cash in. I've seen some people think it's not sustainable with all the guys going to the G league ignite. And you know what? College basketball survived Kobe Bryant going straight to the pros college basketball right. has survived one and done's 
Um, in fact, I think it's better when guys go right to the pro and you have more guys stay in two, three years. But as we do move more into streaming and into whatever the next thing is, whether we're going to be out watching basketball VR headsets, whether we're going to be using our you know f- funky glasses, um, they need more live programming. And because of that, college basketball is a very good option and is a very good thing, I think, to, to put your stamp on. And now you have what was been the last couple of years, the best basketball conference uh, in America. And you just added a, if not a blue blood, a new blood, uh, plus a Utah program that I think will benefit, plus an ASU program that can at least be interesting every few years. Um, but really, Arizona was was the big get there, along with those teams that they brought in this year. Uh, you know, Houston's a traditionally good basketball program. Cincinnati's a traditionally good. Let's basketball talk about program. where Arizona kind of stands in the gr- uh, grand scheme of everything in the Big 12 when it comes to basketball. But first, Circle K, Brad Allis, when was the last time you went to Circle K? Well, be honest. Yesterday. All right, that's what we like to hear. Brad Alice is a leader. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free Polar Pop, a 32-ounce Polar Pop right there. Very, very good stuff. Um, and, again, all kinds of uh, stuff to check it out there at Circle K. And one other thing, though, that we got going on as well, the Four Peaks. All right, Big 12 fans, you know all about the four peaks right here, or you need to know about them. Arizona had four big men last year. We called them the four peaks. It's also the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out. Check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub. To keep up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery, must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. Four Peaks and Circle K. What a combination right here. All right. Um, Paul H. says Arizona State just completed a $350 million football stadium rebuild. I'm just going by what Ray Anderson said when he said that, uh, you know, you need to have better facilities in the basketball department. And Michael Crow said that, uh, no, we really don't. Everything is good. It's not good. Anybody that's been to ASU knows that. No, You know, some of their facilities are very good. And, and the football stadium is better. And that hockey arena is really cool. Um, and that's cool that they've you know kind of followed Arizona's mold and, and playing Triple A Stadium. But, yeah, the basketball arena needs a lot of money sunk into it um i think since they've had their last renovation arizona's had two um they need to sink money in some of their other facilities um locker rooms uh, things like that um uh, right. it's not that their 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 facilities are, are are terrible um it's just that the 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 facilities in what is an arms race need to be upgraded. But Arizona's the same. Arizona has good facilities. They don't have great facilities, but they are. I mean, you look at what Oregon does and uh, all those things and, and you're lacking and you're always, you know, you, you're, it's an arms race. It really is. And um, the fact that, you know, at least Arizona appears to be slightly ahead of, of ASU right now benefits Arizona. Um, but, you know, I don't know where they stand. I'm guessing Oklahoma State has a lot of good facilities because of the T-Boom Pickens money. And I'm guessing there's a lot of oil money at TCU. And we know Kansas basketball facilities are are, are amazing, even if Fogg's an old building. Um, so, yeah, so it's an arms race. So uh, the fact is, though, you have a president in Robbins who, while sometimes has his hands tied, at least cares deeply about sports. And uh, as most have noted, I don't think Crow does. Let's talk about, all right, so kind of the hierarchy in Big 12 basketball right here. Now, the big thing about it is 
Um, there are going to be four elite programs that I believe uh, that are going to kind of be in that top tier. We're going to go over that tomorrow. But you got Kansas first. Um, not only Kansas is obviously at the apex of basketball right there. It doesn't get any better than Kansas. Baylor is obviously in that tier as well. Scott Drew has turned that into a powerhouse. He won a national championship a couple years ago. Not only that, you've also got, excuse me, not only that, you've also had a bunch of number one seeds in there. Houston under Kelvin Sampson has become a really, really good program. You got to put them in there. And then I think you got Arizona. Those to me are the four. And then you've got a bunch of other really good programs right beneath them. But those are the four right there that I think kind of stand out. To me, it's I, I, here's what you do. You have two programs that are, unless you make a completely awful hire, are going to be fine no matter what, and that's Arizona and Kansas. And as much as it's going to piss off some people here and, and this guy Keck's going to jump all over his, Kansas is a better program. And because it is got a 40-year head start on Arizona, it was elite in the 50s. Arizona became elite in the 80s. Um, two of the other programs, Houston, although Houston has done it with different coaches, it hasn't been constant. Baylor, they're a product of their current coaches. Doesn't right. mean they can't keep it going. But there is no guarantee that when Drew leaves, and Drew may not leave for 20 years, Right. That Baylor doesn't go back to being what they were before. That was a, a, a not a good basketball program. Um, I think as long as uh, Jamie Dixon's at TCU, they're going to be relevant. Um, we know what Iowa can, State can do with the right guy. With Jerome Tang at um, mm -hmm. uh, at, Can at Kansas State, Kansas State, they're going to be relevant. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Well, we'll see how the new coach does. They had a little bit of a down year. I think they'll be fine. That's a they, they're a multi-coach school, though. You know, can West Virginia win in the post-Huggins era? So there's a lot of questions. But, again, all those teams we listed, I mean, how many of these teams have been to Final Fours? Um, recent And, and not, not ancient Final Fours. No offense, Utah. Um, or, or some of these schools. But, uh, you know, in, in, in recent memory. Um, obviously, Kansas has a national title. Um, but West Virginia has been re in recent memory. Obviously, Houston made that deep run. That, they didn't go to a Final Four under Sampson yet. But So it is. It's a very good – now you've proven you can win at Texas Tech, a place that I never saw win except when they had a, a few superstars. Uh, you're right. winning there. Um, so it kind of goes across the board. I'm sure you know. You, you, even UCF can throw some stuff together. Um, and if they can get into this basketball league and, and, and take advantage of uh, recruiting Hoppin, and you know, we always talk about Florida for football. Florida has plenty of basketball players. Right. Um, and right now, you know, we have seen Florida State be a little down and Florida be a little down. Uh, and South Florida was the one who took advantage, but UCF can do that too. So it's a fun, fun basketball league. And again, you look at, you know, if you if you want to go one to twelve, Pac twelve versus Big Twelve, Big Twelve's better and has been better for a while. Right. Um, because Big Twelve significantly better than the Pac twelve. Again, I even mentioned Oklahoma State, who again has won has won at a high level. You know, they're coming. They got screwed more than anyone over all this uh, of the the FBI stuff because they actually got the one year probation. But again, it's going to be a very good league and adding an Arizona and adding a Houston and adding a Cincinnati is just going to make it better and more fun. Right. Now, uh, Five of Kind Media says, Mike, do you think Creasa will lead the Big 12 in assists like he did in the Pac-12? I do not. I think the, the Big 12 is going to be, I think uh, it's going to be a different animal for uh, Kirk Creasa right there. And that the Big 12 and Brad, whenever you got to hop out, just let me know. I know you're up against. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to try and do some things simultaneous here. So uh, okay, we'll see cool. how that works. All right. So the first thing you got, though, with Kirk Creasa in the Big 12 is you're going to be going against a different caliber of player there. And the one thing that I think is so much different than the Big 
Big Twelve, with the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve is, you're not going to get a lot of you're not going to get a lot of buy get buy weeks. To be quite frank, you're not going to get. You know, you go on the California trip where you got Stanford and Cal, and then you got Oregon State, ASU in there uh, as well. Obviously, ASU isn't good at basketball or football, so you don't really have to worry about them. You've got uh, Utah as well that's not very good in basketball. You look in the Big 12, there's not a lot of dregs right there. There's really not, Brad, and I think that's what's kind of impressive about it. It's going to be a game-in, game-out type thing. Yeah, I mean, you don't have the, you don't have the lows that you have in the Pac-12. Right. And, and the Pac-12 used to not be that. I mean, again, this is one of the reasons we're talking about the demise of the Pac-12. It used to be you could go to Cal and Stanford and play a top three and a top 12 team. Right. Um, that, UCLA was at the top of their game. UCLA was at the top of the game. USC was relevant. Oregon was good. Washington was good. Um, Cal was good. I said Cal, Cal yeah. at times is a top 12 team. Utah was better than they are right now. Um, you know, unfortunately, at the end of the Kostowiak, they just kind of dropped. And a lot of that was some of the transfer stuff. Um, but you look at it now, and again, it may not be this way five years from now, but right now there aren't many, many easy nights. There's, there, you're, you're not going to go to a Corvallis and have 400 people in the stands and play uh, a bunch of guys who are, are underachieving under Wayne Tinkle. Um, you're not going to have, you know, you're not going to, I don't know. Again, UCF might be the weak link in this group. Again, there'll be some years where, where, where some of these teams aren't very good. Um, but honestly, if you're, if you're, you know, you're talking about it, you could actually argue that Arizona is bringing over, uh, some with them, some of the more inferior basketball programs, at least from tournament success. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it that, you know, you bring over Colorado, Utah and Arizona state, they're obviously not there for, uh, for basketball purposes. Now, Utah obviously is really, really good at, uh, Utah obviously is really, really good at football. And there's something to be said for that one right there. Now, um, with the, uh, with the big 12 though, I do think it's fascinating that, um, Brett Yormark comes in here. And the first thing he says is, we're going to make this basketball conference. And there's a lot to be said. And Brad, I've been saying that every show. I believe that there is an undervalued quotient to basketball. I get that football is king for sure. I get it. But people that make it out like it's 97 to three as far as importance, I think are way off. And if you can carve that niche, similar to what the ACC has been able to do over the past 25 years, that to me is something that you can really hang your hat on. Because when people think about the ACC, they think about basketball. They think about Duke. They think about North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, there's still a huge value on basketball. Again, I think it's going to be worth more next TV contracts because, right. again, you're getting hard. There's a reason, again, I, I've mentioned this, pro wrestling is getting money thrown at it because people want live engagement. Even if the – so they, what they, want, they want you watching the game, watching the commercials – tweeting uh whatever the next so again you know, I, I was half joking but mary not you know with those google glasses or whatever the apple glass where you're going right. to be able to do scr watch a game here scroll on your whatever x feed or whatever it is um you're not going to do that for uh you know to watch to watch yellowstone uh, right. but you are yeah. for 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 arizona kansas you are for iowa state tc you know you just will so there's going to be a premium so as good as the Big 12 is in football, you're never going to surpass the SEC. And frankly, you're probably not going to surpass the Big 10. But you can surpass both of them if you haven't already in uh, college basketball. So right. why not try to be the premier college basketball conference? And that's why 
I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if not soon, sooner rather than later, you're going to see them really go after Gonzaga and UConn as uh, non-football members, um, because I think there will be a premium on that. And you know, your mark, your mark's also looking ahead to streaming. He, he really is. I mean, one of the values Arizona has is in their streaming eyes. Um, again, I don't know what the latest numbers, but I know the first two or three years of the Pac-12 network, Arizona st- stream fans stream the most games. And Arizona football and basketball outdrew ASU football and basketball in, in the Phoenix market in terms of people streaming because Arizona right. fans stream. Um, they're invested in their college and, 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 you know, not to say there aren't ASU fans, but ASU, it's, it's a pro city. So if you're from there and you live there, you're probably more invested in the Suns and the Cardinals than you are ASU football. If you're living there, but you're, you went to the U of A, you still deeply care about Arizona football, especially Arizona basketball. But Streaming numbers are very good for softball and baseball and women's basketball now that they're winning. All right. Let's talk now a little bit about football right here. But first, game time. You might say to yourself, where can I watch all this? Game time has it for you right here. Here's the deal. Download the game time app. Uh, create an account and use code word PHNX for 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for 20% off. Download game time today. Last minute, you can get last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. We know people on this show who have gotten tickets through game time. As a matter of fact, William Brad Alice, did you get tickets through game time at one point? I tried. It, it didn't work out for me that time, but there are like four concerts coming to Phoenix that I'm also going to be. I've been. I've been keeping an eye on game time for those concert tickets. All right. So let's talk about uh, Pac-12. Or let's talk about Big 12 football. And don't worry, we're going to talk about U of A football in camp. Uh, AZ Sports, John. I know that you uh, got on me for uh, for that before. So we will get on. We will certainly talk about that. Is there some good stuff to talk about? I think the Big 12 and football is incredibly fun. To be honest with you, it. Um, Again, it's not the SEC, but there's enough to go around. It's a a high-flying conference, and you look at it. You've got a lot of programs that have been – pretty darn good over the last 15 to 20 years you look at oklahoma state under mike gundy you where you had uh, let's see here nine top 25 finishes in the past uh, 20 years uh tcu we talked about eight top 10 finishes in the last 20 years and with tcu now it's multiple coaches because you've obviously got sunny dykes in there who we like a great deal you've obviously got gary patterson in there baylor has done it through three coaches and you and i are both i think really big on the coach aspect because we've seen programs that are just one coach program Baylor's been able to do it under Art Bryles, Matt Rule, and Dave Aranda. You look at Kansas State now under Chris Kleiman. You've also uh, Bill Snyder as well before him. It's a fun conference. It's high-flying. It's high-scoring. There's a lot to like about it. You know the two teams I watched the most, and some of it when the games were on last year other in Arizona were Kansas football before their quarterback got hurt and TCU. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. It's wide-open offense. The defenses aren't particularly great um, and haven't been for years. Um, I'll tell you what, what Lance Leopold is doing at Kansas um, is, is pretty remarkable. And again, they were they were poised to probably be an eight or nine win team before their quarterback got hurt. He's back this year. Um, it's, it's a fun league. And again, Cincinnati has proven they can win. Um, you know, obviously, West Virginia is, is a bit of a football school. Houston's so, yeah, an interesting one coming into a major conference. And I think Houston's going to be the real. I think Houston is, a, is actually in many ways a test for San Diego States and the Boise's of the world to see, can they get a boost by rejoining? And people forget if you're my age, you may remember the fact that there at one time was the, uh, you know, the old Southwest conference and that TCU was in it 
before they had to go Mountain West and that route and Rice and and those schools. But yeah, Houston was a major conference team for a while and was a very good football school. You know, we all remember uh, some of you remember, you know, Heisman Trophy winner Andre Ware there, and they were a basketball powerhouse. Um, and I think they'll get better at basketball as they enter this better league. I think Houston, to be honest with you, is the biggest beneficiary of this entire uh, of this entire move. Obviously, Arizona, we're th- I'm at least thrilled that Arizona's in the Big 12. But Houston in a major conference to me is much like San Diego State, like you said, that it's um, there's a lot to like there. You're, for, you're in a talent base area right there. It's an easy place to get players. Kelvin Sampson's shown that. They've won multiple times. Heck, even Kevin Sumlin won at Houston. Houston to me is fascinating in all this, Brad. Yeah, it may be something where you see that they don't win as many games as they did. You know, remember Tom Herman won there as well. Uh, but they're a better football program all around. Right. Um, because, again, the level of competition step. It's just like, you know, that's conceivable. Arizona may average two or three more losses per year. In, in the Big 12 and still be a better program and make deeper right. runs because they're battle-tested. And I think that's what Houston – again, I think Houston's a very good test case for a San Diego State, for a UNLV, for an SMU, saying, hey, bring us back to the big time or bring us into the big time. Uh, we can do the same thing. And, again, Houston is rarely I- irrelevant, but they have a chance to – again, I think you know their biggest problem is, again, much like ASU, much like – Washington to a lesser extent you're in a you're you're, you're playing fourth or fifth um right. in a in a in what's a what three sport town um at plus te- in the shadow of Texas football but I think when you're drawing from that much talent um yes they they should benefit from this move and again I think Cincinnati as well I think Cincinnati has proven that they can win at that mid-major level but now you get the step up and uh, you know obviously they competed for uh, the national title a few years ago they've competed uh, you know, when Huggins was there for, for national titles and, and were pretty darn good under Cronin. So I think they're a big they're they're two of the big winners from all this. OK, now let's talk a little bit about recruiting in Texas right there. And then, like I said, we're going to get um, we're going to get a lot of stuff in here. By the way, Keck, if you want to actually talk and banter back and forth, it's cool. The personal shots are super lame. So, again, whatever. I mean, you've been warned. I have no problem with people criticizing whatever, but this is getting really stupid. So um, whatever. All right. But let's talk about recruiting now in the in the Big 12, because I think Jed Fish is going to be able to really take advantage advantage of some of this but first brad we both like the over of five wins is this correct for u of a this year yeah yeah we do all right now you might say to yourself mike where could i go and get this bet mgm is where you would go and you would get this sign up for bet mgm right now use bonus code phnx there's a few different offers depending on where you live but for arizona audience place your first bet and receive up to 1000 back in bonus bets if it loses check out show notes for full details we both like the over we like the over last year of two and a half wins and it went to five wins with a big win over ASU in the Territorial Cup. We'd like over five. Check out BetMGM. Let's hear Shane with the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. 
All right, recruiting in the Big 12, I think it's going to be interesting, Brad, because Jed Fish has already shown that he can recruit California very, very well. Um, it goes for itself. He's also shown that he can recruit Arizona. Getting into the Big 12 then is interesting because obviously you have Texas and it's more than just recruiting it. You can say you can come here and you can play in front of your family. You obviously have Texas Tech, you have TCU, you have Baylor, you have a multitude of options there. I would imagine Jed Fish is going to start getting some Texas recruiters on his staff and I can see Jed Fish doing a really nice job in Texas. Yeah, and, and again, now you've got really talent kind of going all over from Texas. Um, right. Because now Texas has basically become a three-league, uh, in in a way, kind of, you know, because right. they, they were still going to the Big Ten anyways. But now with the heavier presence of Texas schools and, mid, and Oklahoma, I almost lump Oklahoma then. I know Texas fans are going to hate me for that, and so are Oklahoma fans. But that recruiting – We understand are, what you meant there, William. They're going into the SEC. So more so – I mean, I know Texas A&M was there. Um, but, yeah. But, again, you're also going to be competing now with – Houston, who has a higher recruiting profile, and you're going to see, you know, Oklahoma State try to keep kids there, and so, and again, we'll see, we'll see if uh, SMU winds up in the new Pac-10. Um, but yes, I would, I, I think the two states you're going to see Arizona turn up a notch. I don't think Arizona is going to get way out of what they're doing, but I think they'll go deeper into Texas, and they're recruiting Texas now. Let's not pretend they're not. And more into Florida, which is, you know, Jed Fish mentioned the other day. He's, you know, he's got ties there. He went to college there. Right. Uh, the other thing I think would be interesting is trying to recruit. And again, I don't understand why Arizona hasn't been better in the Midwest. Um, How, why, why, why is that? Because of the alumni bases, Chicago's huge. Um, when I went to college and, you know, living in the dorm, there was like five, six, seven guys in my dorm from, from, from the Chicago area. Um, but Arizona has had trouble getting uh, football players out of the Midwest more often than that. But I think you can recruit again if a kid doesn't want to stay in the uh, Big Ten. Why not go to Arizona and still get to go to Kansas and Iowa and right. Ohio and those schools once twice a year, but still get to go have you know have I don't know. Um, a pool party in, in February. Right. Um, so I think, again, you can, might be able to recruit there, not all the time, but maybe more than they have in, you know, two, three kids per class. You get two or three kids out of Texas, two or three kids out of Florida. That's nine to go with the 15 you're getting out of Arizona, Nevada, Southern California, and Hawaii. I think you can, yeah, I think you can do well there. Couple points right here. Five peaks loading, by the way, from our guy back the A Ray. Yes, uh, Arizona did offer uh, Carter Bryant and uh, uh, Jamari Phillips' uh, teammate another peak. Emmanuel Stevens, right there, would love to see him. Obviously, join the Cats. By the way. Um, I can tell you hearing this from multiple people that Brad's guy, Brad, we're going to give you a lot of credit on this because you called this one first. Mount Crevis has looked absolutely fantastic in practice. He is huge. He is a, he is a massive individual and um, he's going to play this year and he's probably going to be one of the starting peaks next year, not just a secondary peak. I mean, I just, I watched the tape. I like the tape. I mean, he looked for a guy who's seven foot one, seven foot two, he looked physically mature enough. You called it. He was a shot blocker. Um, his shots didn't look gimmicky. And again, right. I know I'm not as high as on Polly M. And that was just because one, I'm always cautiously optimistic about uh, combo forwards, um, right. much like using the tight end and combo guards playing the point. It just doesn't happen. Um, and and I thought his shot had a little little funkiness to it. I'm not saying he can't be good, but I thought Crevis looked like you could just drop him in and play. 
plug and right. play with, with Krivis and whether that means he's the fourth big or the 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 third big or, or because you know Johnson's playing the four the second peak wouldn't surprise me at all and again I just I liked his tape all right. I think this is going to be his best team I think it's going to be his toughest team now again they might not be a one seed but I do believe this is going to be his toughest team top to bottom and I think it's the team that is most equipped to have tournament success William well yeah because again with uh, other than that pure athletic explosive wing, all of Richard Jefferson and, and Ben, ben Matherin, you have everything else. Right. You have multiple ball handlers. You have shooters. You have slashers. You have shot blockers. You have rebounders. You have tough players. You have finesse players. You have a lot of height that's going to be tough to match up with. And again, if you have to, you can go double peak. At, at, you can go double seven footer. And then throw a six-seven combo forward at the three, and go you know go with uh, Love and and one of the point guards, or you can go three guards and a big and a combo for you know. There's just a lot of pieces to play with, and I'm a matchup guy. Um, you know, I, I always joke when when it comes to any sport I've ever coached, I'm much better at the people matchups than I am telling you here, put your hand there, put your foot there. Uh, I love the chess pieces that, that Tommy Lloyd has to play with this year. All right, let's talk a little bit of U of A football now, what's been going on at camp. But first, oh, geez, William, have you been having a hard time sleeping? Have you ever been bit, has it been better? It's been better. All right. But let's just, let's just say you're like William, though, and you'd like a little bit better sleep. We highly recommend you check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can find their products at your local dispensaries. You must be 21 years or older. All kinds of fun stuff right there. You got uh, red apple, watermelon, a lot of one-to-one uh, THC to CBD, many options right there. So, again, check it out, OGs. All right, U of A football practice. Here's a couple takeaways that uh, I got already. Montana Lamonius Craig, besides having a great name, has a great game. He has been absolutely fantastic. He has stuck out in a big way. I think a lot of people, heck, including myself, were wondering, you know, you already got Kevin Green. You already got some other players in there. Why go out and get this? You can see why this kid was a, four, uh, a high four-star wide receiver in high school, and you can see why he tore up the Colorado spring game. Brad, I mean – you never turn down talent, and I think this is a case of a kid where you never turn down talent. Yeah, he now, I mean, again, he has a little ways to go to replace Dorian Singer in a number standpoint, but he returns Arizona to that three-headed monster receiver, and now you're hoping that Green or Jones or Malachi Riley can um, bolster uh, that recruiting and make it not just a three-man team but a five-man. Right. Uh, and then when you add in your tight ends, you, you have a lot of options um, because that's how I think Arizona was missing last year. I think it was basically cowing. It was singer. And then maybe we'll think about, you know, the other right. guys, but let, let's see. I'd love to see seven, eight guys with 15 or more uh, catches this year. Um, Cause that just makes you more versatile. Because, and I think that was one of the few things that I, I, I didn't love that Jed fish did last year. I thought that they, I didn't like playing just three wide receivers the entire time. Cause I thought you had some other options in there and you got to remember too, a guy like Jacob cowing as great as he is, is not the biggest dude in the world. He's about five, nine, you know, one seventy five. guys like that need a little bit of time off. I would like to see about, like you said, I'd like to see five, six wide receivers in here where you all have more, multiple or you know uh, double figure catches yeah like i said and i don't know how much of that was jed how much of that was uh, was delora um although the year before we kind of saw that where i thought singer looked underutilized and and now you know he's longer the program but 
uh, Solomon right. looked un, 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 underutilized. Um, so, yes, but yeah, I like the fact that they, you know, I guess the worst thing you have to do is hurt some feelings because you have other kids who are worthy of being on the field, but they're not quite as good as the, the three or four ahead of them. Right. Now, overall, uh, BCAT right here, great question. How is the eye test for the team? This is his best team, and quite frankly, I think this is the best team that Arizona has had here in about six or seven years. Um, it's certainly bigger on the defensive side of the ball. We obviously need to see that translate onto the field. Um, Brendan Carroll talked about that yesterday. One thing that has been interesting is that uh, Justin Flo is – Justin. I don't know that Justin Flo is going to start. Um, Daniel Haimuli from uh, Washington is has been the primary linebacker. I think the problem with Flo right now is that he struggles in pass coverage. Um, uh, Ex-player on the team told me if this was 1993, he'd be an All-American. It's obviously different now. Flo's going to have a role, but he is limited in some capacities. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if you're going with uh, Daniel Haimuli right next to Jacob Manu. Yeah, that seems to be with the direction they're going and – you know, uh, going back to BCAT's question, and 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 here's why eye test is important, uh, Senior Keck. Um, you could have you could have gone to practice three years ago, the one in ten team. The eye test would tell you these guys suck. They're small. They're Your slow. eye test told you it was a one in ten team. Yeah. Um, now I, the eye test tells me they're bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic. Doesn't mean they're going to win a whole lot of games, but you, there is an eye test, and you can. You know, again, I used to coach high school football. You could go and tell, oh, we're in for it tonight or, oh, we, we can compete. Because I coached at Choya where we weren't very good. Um, so, yes, bigger, faster, stronger. Now there's still some issues. The fact is, again, it, you may be starting another true freshman on the offensive line. He happens to be, what, 6'9", 480 pounds or whatever Polito right. is. But that's a problem. Um, but he's got legit size, just like our buddies Mo and, and, and Savanea had pro size last year. Um, so, yes, Arizona has upgraded from a size athleticism uh, standpoint. Uh, now you've got to coach that up and translate it to wins. But this isn't Rich Rod with a 240-pound nose tackle and a bunch of 5'5 five, five receivers who I look down on. Um, so... Literally, uh, and, oh, and if you think Pat Tillman didn't pass the eye test, yeah, that, dude, what was he six two two twenty safety? I was, I was gonna, I was gonna tackle that one, but I'll let you. Uh, Pat, he Tillman might have been a walk on, but he passed the eye test. Pat Tillman on the field passed the eye test, and Pat Tillman in a variety of different ways. I'll put it to you like this: I was not at all surprised that Pat Tillman caught on in the NFL. Not in no. the least bit surprised. Anybody that watched him knew that. Let's Same start with Jeff Cecil. Brad, you mentioned they're cut from the same cloth. Exactly, Brad. You mentioned the uh, the offensive line. I believe I'm not saying it's going to be the best because it's certainly not deep right now. But I believe from an offensive line perspective, this is about as talented as you're going to see here at Arizona. And here's why: Jordan Morgan is already on multiple first round draft charts. He was also rated by Pro Football Focus as the number one uh, tackle coming back into the conference. Jonas Savanea is probably the best. I think you could make the case he's the best NFL prospect on the team. He's that much different. Wendell Moe is going to start at guard as long as he's here. Excuse me. Josh Baker is solid at center. And Polito. Polito right there. I think Robert Polito shows that uh, – or excuse me, uh, 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 Raymond Polito shows that you could really – 
I could see you see why Alabama offered him and why he was committed. Polito is very intriguing in all of this. And it also, I think, shows why you move Sabanea out to guard or excuse me, out to tackle, because you think that Polito can handle the guard position. Again, if you're talking from a pure talent standpoint, this is the best starting five Arizona's had in a while. The problem is they're super young. You, you're, you've got an elite tackle who's coming off a serious knee injury. Um, your worst lineman might be um, a center. Your center, well, probably is your center, and that can be problematic, um, although he's not bad. The problem is you've got very little depth. Um, right. You know, you got Longy uh, and a couple other guys, but you do not have much depth. So if you, you know, if, if God forbid Jordan Morgan goes down again or Savonet goes down again, you could be in serious trouble. They're going to be growing pains, even with Mo and, and Polito, or Mo especially. There's still going to be some growing pains. He's less than 10 games into his starting career at Arizona, but they're talented. They're immensely talented. Um, you've Which probably is such got, a departure from what yeah. we've seen in the past. You've probably got two or three um, NFL caliber players. Whether they catch on, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, again, it's a weird thing because we could all one of Arizona's best all time linemen, Glenn Parker, never looked the part at the NFL True. and he started in what three Super Bowls, four Super right. Bowls. Um, I mean, had John yeah. Fina came here as a tight end, yeah. Uh, but the fact is, yes, you've got legit pro size with again with Polito, he's got the recruiting pedigree with Savanea. I still don't know why more people weren't on him. Um, I stand corrected, Pat Tillman's not tall, okay. He, he passed the eye test. Um, what a bizarre so, thing again. It's funny. Just growing up watching those teams, too. Yeah. You knew that when you were playing ASU that Pat Tillman was going to be a problem in the middle of the field. He passed the eye test. He was a badass. I mean, he was. Yes. I hate to say it about a, a Sunday. He was a lot like Adam Archuleta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys on those old ASU defense. Yeah. That's why, you know, I don't Mitchell Friedman. Hello. Uh, David Fulcher. Uh, but the point is, yeah, Arizona's offensive line upgraded. Can they can they come together chemistry-wise quickly um, this season? And that's going to be huge for this Arizona offense. Right. All right, Brad. As always, really appreciate your time. I'm going to preview here. We got uh, Dave Hickey coming up later in the week. Uh, we got Sheer. We're going to talk a little bit of Baylor as well. But as always, really appreciate you, Brad. The people want to hear from you. When are the podcasts coming out? Explain. I hope they have multiple uh, up and edited this week. Uh, uh, been able to uh, get some parts recorded. It's uh, We finally got the kids back at school, which helps and um, uh, gives me some quiet time to, to, to record. So, yeah, we should have a couple of this up. My goal is really to start get, getting two to three a week. Um, and then if you listen to them in their entirety, it would be kind of like, two days of an afternoon drive time show. Uh, that's kind of my goal. Uh, plus phone in whatever I'm doing with you here. And apparently being in Dave Hickey's shadow. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, we're all in Dave Hickey's shadow, but I'll just say this. I'm excited that uh, this has happened the way it is. I totally agree with you. It's a bummer that the pack is going away. Um, but I do believe that the pack, quite frankly, kind of behaved themselves into this situation right here. And they got outflanked at every step of the way by your mark. And that's why we're here, Brad. Yeah, I mean, again, you can you can go back ten years, probably. To, and and I am interested. The Athletic has an article up, and they do a good job. I want to read their article on the demise of the Pac-12 because I'm guessing there's some things we mi missed and forgot about that Larry Scott did. Um, you know, we all know about the bad deal on the network and the the rent for the. 
thing and the wanting to go to China. Um, but there's probably some other subtle, small things that, that they screwed up along the way as well that, that led to the demise of, um, right. you know, what, you know, the, the Conference of Champions. Great question. Before we sign off right here, uh, Jake, with a great question, my guy Jake um, just said, Mike, how confident are you in Delora? Delora to me is fascinating because Delora is obviously capable of some real uh, of a lot of really good things. We've seen that. What I need from Delora is to if you're going to have a bad game, it can't be the bad game where you throw for 120 yards with four picks and no touchdowns. If you're going to have a bad game, make it be 16 to 25 for 220 with a one touchdown and two picks, something like that. Obviously, you don't want that. I just would like to see a little bit more of an even even progression right there because he's not going to play perfectly. That's not how he plays. But just don't have the games, just the really low lows right there, Brad. Yeah, I think if it, to, to live and die by Delora means um, you've got to – he's got to gunsling it. So if he gives you uh, – you know, I'll tell you the game that his bad game needs to be uh, – McLeod's bad game at Oregon. Well, yeah, yeah you, you threw for 300 yards, but you threw three picks in the red zone, four red picks in the red zone. You can't have 180 yards and three picks because if you do that with this team, you're going to lose by 21, 28. Um, you have to hope that, you know, yeah, he throws the three picks, um, but he makes three big plays and you still have a chance at the end. Um, yeah, because if he, if he, again, if he has an awful game, uh, Arizona, Arizona's not good enough to win. Uh, right. He can have a mediocre game, and Arizona can still win. But no, he has to be, he has to be a B plus quarterback all year for Arizona to go bowling. Right. All right. He's the great William Brad Alice. I am Mike Luke. Everybody out there, really appreciate you uh, uh, chiming in here as well. Um, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Like I said, we're probably going to go sheer at one o'clock, but uh, we'll let you all know about that. Uh, appreciate all of you guys, all the uh, heck, even our ASU friends right here. But for Brad Alice, I'm Mike Luke, Jacob Franklin behind the scenes, herding all the cats. See what I did right there? Herding the wild cats. All right. For, uh, we'll, we'll talk with you tomorrow. The dad in me is proud. The writer in me is cringing. Oh, gosh. Keep it listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.